It's Tuesday, the 17th of August, 2021. Welcome to Fear and Greed, the business podcast that sets you up for a successful day. I'm Sean Aylmer. New South Wales fears reaching 1,000 COVID cases a day. Victoria introduces a nighttime curfew. The ACT extends its lockdown. The war against COVID shows few signs of abating. That's our main story. Also today, Defence Forces rush to Afghanistan to help evacuate Australian citizens. BHP's in talks to transform its business away from fossil fuels and a slew of earnings results from JB Hi-Fi to Blue Scope Steel. Then stay listening for my chat about how to invest in the Kiwi stock market. But first, here's a brief look at markets. Wall Street was relatively quiet overnight, regaining initial losses. In early afternoon trading, the Nasdaq 100 was down 0.3%, while the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average were both flat. European markets were lower, with the stocks Europe 600 down half a percent and London's FTSE off nearly 1%. The S&P ASX 200 fell 0.6% yesterday to close at 7,583 points, ending a run of record closes. Energy stocks did poorly, as did financials. Among the large caps, ANZ finished the day down 2.7%, while Commonwealth Bank and Westpac were both 1.4% lower. The big miners also struggled with Fortescue Metals, Rio Tinto and BHP all sharply lower. Toll Road Group Transurban was a standout performer among the large caps, up 1.4%, while Gold Digger Newcrest Mining was up 1.3%. Oil prices were lower overnight with Brent crude now below 70 US dollars a barrel. Gold had a better night and is trading back above 1,780 US dollars an ounce. And the Aussie dollar is buying 73.3 US cents. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has warned that the Delta variant of COVID-19 is so transmissible that some restrictions could be required indefinitely. And if people don't comply with public health orders, daily numbers could push beyond 1,000. Her comments came after the state recorded another 478 new cases yesterday, a record figure which Ms Berejiklian described as disturbingly high. 70% of cases are people under the age of 40. Extra troops have been called in to help patrol Sydney streets and better police compliance. There are also growing concerns about the outbreak in the west of the state after 35 new cases were recorded. The region has a high Indigenous population and low vaccination rates. Victoria reported 22 new local cases yesterday and its lockdown has been extended for two weeks. A curfew will be in effect from tonight between 9pm and 5am triggering anger among business and community groups. Essential workers and those who can't study at home will need permits to leave their houses, while playgrounds and outdoor recreation parks will be closed. Construction work in Victoria will be limited to 25% of people on projects. In Canberra, the ACT has extended its lockdown into next month after 19 new cases were recorded yesterday. Planned sittings of Federal Parliament now look like being cancelled. It's clear that many Australians, and certainly most of New South Wales, will remain in lockdown until vaccination rates achieve a 70% level. That will be weeks or months away. The federal government will have to consider stepping in to prop up the economy once again. The share market has done well, but as profit season rolls on and CEOs keep saying they can't forecast earnings because of uncertainty, confidence in markets will be bruised. It's going to be a very, very tough couple of months. In a moment, the rest of the news you need to know this morning. In overseas news, around 250 Australian defence personnel 
will support the airlift of Australian citizens and humanitarian visa holders from Afghanistan amid chaotic scenes in Kabul. The US military took over Afghanistan airspace yesterday as it rushed to evacuate American citizens. Kabul and all land borders are now controlled by the Taliban and people rushed to the airport trying to escape. At least five people were killed. The Western-backed government of President Ashraf Ghani has collapsed and after 20 years of fighting, the Taliban are in control. Chinese industrial output rose by 6.4% during July compared to a year earlier, but it was the slowest increase in 11 months and well below market expectations. For the first seven months of the year, industrial production grew more than 14% year on year. It was just one of a number of data points released by Beijing yesterday, and the picture emerged of an economy growing just a bit slower than expected. Pfizer and BioNTech have provided early-stage data to US regulators that shows a third dose of their COVID vaccine leads to higher levels of protective antibodies when given eight months after the initial regimen. Previous data suggests the efficacy of the vaccine against mild cases of COVID may fade around six months, although protection against strong cases remains. Locally, Sydney Airport has rejected a new bid from a consortium chasing the asset, even though the offer for the country's main gateway was increased by 20 cents a share to $8.45. Like the previous bid, this one was rejected by the airport as undervaluing the group. The new bid's worth about $30.3 billion, which includes $7.5 billion in debt. The Sydney Aviation Alliance Consortium includes IFM Investors, which is a bunch of super funds, and Australian Super, the country's largest fund. Unisuper already owns 15% of the airport and supports the deal. Sydney Airport said it's open to engaging with the consortium as long as the bid values the asset appropriately. Not exactly a ringing endorsement. The fact that the group's share price was up just 0.3% to $7.77 yesterday suggests investors don't think this deal will be done. Mind you, it's much higher than the $5.75 a share it was trading at prior to the first offer. BHP is set to announce a bumper dividend when it reports its half-year earnings today, paying out around $7 billion to shareholders. But the bigger news, according to media reports, are plans to divest the group's $20 billion portfolio of oil and gas assets, probably to Woodside Petroleum. And it's quite possible CEO Mike Henry will also announce a multi-billion dollar investment in potash based on assets in Canada. The shift in direction for the big Australian, if it goes ahead, will remake the company and reduce its carbon footprint substantially. It will also remake the oil and gas sector in Australia. If Woodside picks up the assets, and yesterday BHP said it is in talks with the company, it will become a top 15 company on the ASX. Though judging by the nearly 4% drop in its share price yesterday, not all investors like the idea. BHP's push into potash has been a long time coming. Potash, or potassium fertiliser, is harvested and essential for plant health, helping build higher yielding crops. Any deal would mark BHP's first major push into an agricultural commodity. JB Hi-Fi recorded its eighth consecutive year of record profits. Pretty amazing, really. With high demand for appliances and consumer electronics underpinning a strong 2021 financial year. JB and Good Guys have both benefited from people not travelling overseas and instead spending money on their homes. But the best may be over. New Chief Executive Terry Smart said 55% of stores are currently closed due to lockdowns and the group couldn't forecast earnings for this half. 
JB lifted its net profit by 67% last financial year and upped its dividend. Sales so far this year are lower by about 14% compared to the same period last year. Sales at the good guys, which JB owns, are 9% lower. JB's share price rose 2.4% yesterday. Bluescope Steel announced a big profit of $1.2 billion for the last financial year and a huge dividend for shareholders, as well as a share buyback program. That's what happens when there's a building boom going on and everyone wants your products. Sales volumes of many of its goods, like Colorbond fencing, were higher, as were profit margins. Bluescope said the outlook remains strong for the current six months, and boss Mark Vassella said the company could continue paying bigger dividends and invest in growth projects into coming years. Bluescope's share price was up more than 0.6% yesterday and is up more than 100% over the past year. Telstra will give its employees who get fully vaccinated the equivalent of $200 in a voucher, although will stop short of mandating vaccinations. The voucher can be redeemed at many major retailers and Chief Executive Andy Penn said everyone should play their part in making a difference to the spread of the virus. One company that hasn't had a good year is A2 Milk, but there's speculation that it's in the sights of Swiss multinational Nestle, according to a report in the Australian newspaper. A2 share price jumped more than 12% yesterday, but even after that, it still remains the worst performer of the top 200 over the past 12 months. The group had relied on the Daigu channel selling products into China. That's now closed. COVID destroyed that, and the company has never really recovered. Exports of liquefied natural gas, or LNG, to China hit a record last financial year, with the world's second largest economy becoming Australia's biggest customer. Shipments totaled 31 million tonnes, worth around $15.6 billion, notwithstanding strong competition, according to consultancy EnergyQuest. Bendigo and Adelaide Bank's share price fell nearly 10% yesterday after announcing a more than 50% rise in cash profit on the back of stronger lending for housing and fewer bad debts. But the disappointment for investors was a blowout in costs. The Victorian-based group said there had been signs of customers struggling as a result of the COVID lockdowns. Oil and gas group Beach Energy said profit fell 37% last financial year and revenue was off 10% and there'd be further drops in production, in part due to Beach's troubled Cooper Basin Western Flanks fields in South Australia and Queensland. Its share price tumbled almost 10% yesterday. Lendlease said its profit had recovered last financial year, even though the COVID pandemic has hit the business. After announcing a $222 million net profit for the last financial year, CEO Tony Lombardo said lockdowns are having significant impacts in global real estate markets, and 2022 will be challenging. Lend-Lease's share price fell 7.6%. Property group GPT's profit rose 24% in the six months to the end of June, and as a result, its board declared a sharply higher dividend. GPT has a $25 billion portfolio across the property sector, and higher retail rents, as well as revalued logistics assets, help the bottom line. But the group said the outlook is too uncertain, thanks to lockdowns, to provide profit guidance. Its share price finished nearly 3% higher. Car sales announced a 9% increase in net profit, thanks largely to strong international growth, particularly in South Korea and Brazil. The group said it was well-placed to handle the current lockdowns, The company dropped its final dividend. Its share price finished almost 4% higher. And finally, Seven West Media said digital earnings would more than double to $120 million this financial year. And its chief executive, James Warburton, said it was on track to make deals towards consolidating the media sector. The group made an underlying profit of $126 million last financial year, up sharply from the previous year. 
but its share price dropped nearly 8% yesterday. Up next is our daily interview, and today I'm talking to Leighton Roberts, co-founder and co-CEO of Sharesies. It's now easier than ever for retail investors to access overseas markets, including the US, Europe and Asia. But are we all missing out on great opportunities with one of our nearest neighbours, New Zealand? Leighton breaks down the Kiwi exchange and the potential gains to be made. That's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. It's Tuesday, the 17th of August, 2021. I'm Sean Aylmer, and that was Fear and Greed. Enjoy your day.